Well, praise the Lord. Amen. It's good to be back in God's house, isn't it? I forgot to set up my podium, portable podium. That might make it feel like I'm street preaching or something. Can't get too used to the podium. You don't have podiums out there. <laughs> anyway, it's good to be in God's house. It's a little bit chilly. It kind of reminds me of the winter weather. And I think it's probably just around the corner. We just better get ourselves prepared for it. <laughs> It'll be upon us before you know it. But it's good to have a nice place in here where it's nice and warm. And uh, able to meet here together. To fear for the government, at least not yet. Aren't you so glad? Amen. I trust you've come with your cup turned up, expecting what God has for us. Looking forward to the Bible study tonight as the Lord's been ministering to my heart. And trust you've had a good day in the Lord. Let's stand and start our service with prayer. Once again, Lord, we ask for your help. We've gathered together to learn about you, to lift up your name, to worship you. To recharge our spiritual batteries, so to speak. We know we have to stay plugged into you, but we're here, Lord, for special fellowship, special ministry, Lord. You've commanded us to gather together in person, the assembly of your body. And it's so, so uh, what a privilege it is, Lord. It's so good to be a part of your kingdom and to be uh, numbered among the number of those who carry your name, those who are blood washed, those who are walking in all the light that you've given to us. And it's our desire to be pleasing to you. We've come together, Lord, and we ask that you would find this service pleasing in your sight. And the way to do that, Lord, is to guide and direct our hearts and minister to us through the songs and the testimonies, even the Bible study, Lord. Whatever is done, that it would glorify your name. That's our desire. And we do count it a privilege to be here. We ask that you would be with our brothers and sisters in the faith who can't meet together. They have to hide. They have to whisper. They can't sing together. They don't even have hymn books like we have. They don't have the copy of your word like we have. Uh, yet, Lord, you meet with them. And we're so thankful for the relationship with you. We pray that you'd be with them and comfort them in their persecutions. Bless them, we pray. Be with us tonight. Help us to make the most out of it. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. I wonder how many of you came with a testimony. Do you have a testimony for the Lord? Amen. Praise the Lord. Good. Thank the Lord. Anybody else? I thank the Lord for keeping me. Yes. I know he's going to keep on keeping me. Amen. Good. I'm looking forward to everything that he gives me. And I want to be a light for my family. Good. And I want to be able, I've been praying that I can be able to talk to Terry more when I'm around him about his soul. Good. Me too. Amen. 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 That's so true. You read some of the books and see the battles that some of these old timers went through and we're, we're kind of skin flints, if you will, in our society. We have so much going for us. We should be able to do so much more for the Lord. Uh, some of the old timers, they had to go out and hoe the beans. They had to hook up, hitch up the horse if they were going to go to town and get groceries. And uh, they still spent hours in prayer. We got all these time-saving devices and we're not spending near as much time in prayer as what they were, I dare say. But that didn't have to be that way. Amen. It can change on our watch. Praise the Lord. Anybody else? I love him, I praise him, and, and I want to be 
everything he had me to be. Amen. Praise the Lord. Good. Anybody else? Good. Even though sometimes our emotions or feelings might be down, that we can still be glad in the Lord and rejoice in Him. Thank you. Amen. Praise the Lord. Good. Anybody else? Yes. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Wow, good. Praise the Lord. That's pretty good. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Amen. That kind of makes me want to change the church name to Northridge Amish Holiness Church. Maybe we get some more people in here. <laughs> That's encouraging. Amen. Hungry hearts. Praise the Lord. That's good. Good. Anybody else? so good. We have much to praise the Lord for. Those of you ladies that have your own business and the weavers that have their own business and being self-employed and working for Christian Boss, that's a great blessing. Sister Margaret, different ones. Amen. That's a great blessing. You don't know what, what an evil work environment's like until you get there. Uh, Brother Mike knows what that's all about. Of course, he keeps praying it'll be a good, good environment there. It might start church. <laughs> Myers Holiness After Hours Church or something. But, amen. The Lord will work where He's welcome. Amen. Good. Anybody else? Just mind the Lord. Amen. Good. Me too.
something. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank the Lord. Amen. Isn't that something that they got the whole world mapped out? You know, the Lord's got every place mapped out. Some people can feel like they're too far gone. He's, he knows how to locate them and get them back on track. Amen. Praise the Lord. Anybody else? It's good. I'm enjoying these testimonies. Amen. Praise the Lord. That's good, isn't it? Thank the Lord. Amen. So good. I, I was listening to a message the other day, and it was a revival message, and the preacher, it was, talking, it was on a Sunday night, or a Saturday night, rather, and he was talking about how good it is to be in the house of the Lord on a Saturday night, or on a time when it's not Sunday. He said, especially because of the life that he used to live, he said he remembered what he used to do on a Saturday night, and he said he just thought, he said, he, he almost thought that he could hear the Lord talking maybe to some of his angels and said, come over here, look at that preacher down there. He said, look, look where he's at on a Saturday night now. Look what he's doing. <laughs> I thought that was pretty good. It's good to be in God's house. I, I've been having a greater appreciation for the house of the Lord and his people. And uh, I appreciate him and all that he's doing. Amen. Praise the Lord. Anybody else? Sure, good. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Good. Anybody else? Testimony? Or a phone special? <laughs> you know, you might, you might uh, miss these opportunities to testify because if this church grows and we got 100 or 200 people trying to cram in here, there wouldn't be near enough time for everybody to testify. <laughs> Amen. Well, you can testify with your singing. Let's prepare to worship the Lord. Maybe you have a chorus or a song upon your heart. Number 11 in the Praise and Worship book. Take my life and let it be. Amen. Amen. 
should have my bulletproof vest on in here. <laughs> Starts off in verse number one, says, take my life. Verse number two says, my feet, then my lips, and my will, and my love. Some really rich words here, aren't they? It's a testimony, it's a prayer. Amen. Let's sing it from our hearts. Number 11, Praise and Worship book. Let's stand tonight. I know there's five verses, but they're short verses. Take my life and let it be consecrated, Lord, to Thee. Take my hands and let them move at the impulse of Thy love, at the impulse of Thy love. Take my feet and let them be swift and If he has our will, he has everything else. Amen. Take my will and make it thy. It shall be no longer mine. Take my heart. Any others? Thirty-two. There's a wilderness. Do you know this one, Daryl? Yes. All right, Daryl knows it. We will sing it. <laughs> Maybe you could play it through once.
at those words if our love but were more simple we should take him at his word and our lives would be all sunshine in the sweetness of our Lord what a thought there amen every time I think of faith I can't help but be taken back to the words of Jesus compelling people to be just like a little child and thinking about a little child children are so trusting they're so trusting. They have much to teach us along the lines of trust and just trusting good parents. And thank the Lord for His record that He is trustworthy. Though the world may try to mar our understanding of how we can trust in people's character and faithfulness, the Lord has never failed one person, not even once. Thank the Lord. I like that song. Any others? All right. Oh, for a heart to praise my God. is right along our Bible study renewed in every thought I think it's Romans chapter 12 talks about the renewing be transformed by the renewing of your mind it says full of love divine perfect and right and pure and good a copy Lord of thine amen what a good prayer these are good prayer songs aren't they praise the Lord any others All right, well, let's prepare our hearts to go to prayer this evening. 
We do have much to pray for. It seems like many prayer requests carry over from service to service. And there are some that God is answering. We know that. God is at work. And I guess I didn't mean to say it quite like that. But we have much to pray for. We are far from being able to take a break in the place of prayer. I don't ever know that there was a time when Christians could really take a break or take it easy. I don't see that in the scriptures. I don't really see that in church history. Uh, But it seems to be that some are taking a break or slacking up a little bit or tempted to at least in our day and our age. But this is not a time to slack up. There's people who depend upon us. They don't have a right relationship with God. They're not on talking terms with the Almighty. And they depend on us. Amen. We have much to pray for. Persecuted Christians has been a lot on my mind recently. Uh, Missionaries should be... Amen. What a Savior He is. Amen. All hearts clear tonight? Let's take our Bibles and turn to Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4. How many remembers what we studied last week? Missionary service. Very good. Good to know you were awake, at least in that service, or this one, or both, maybe. <laughs> I'm just teasing. I like to help, help wake you up. What about the week before that? About being honest. I believe it was our second lesson on the word honest. And I think some of the Weaver family wasn't able to be here. We, we missed them during those times. But I would like to bring a conclusion, if we can, to that um, word study and move on to the next word. Uh, but I wondered if you had any thoughts, um, anything that stuck out to you in your studies of that lesson or maybe since then as you've been studying these passages or the Lord's been speaking to you. Wanted to give opportunity to share. Mm-hmm. That's good. Amen. You must always be honest. That's good. We talked a lot uh, in that Bible study about um, honest conversation and honesty and how it is. Um, part of integrity. Amen. Being honest. It's good. Any other thoughts before we move on? Well, let me read this passage to you again and we'll dive into the word just. The word just. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, Whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, and if there be any praise, think on these things. Those things which ye have both learned, and received, and heard, and seen in me, do, and the God of peace shall be with you. And let's read verse 13 together. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Amen. What a verse, what a promise. 
to do, be able to do all things. Anything that the Lord asks you to do, you can do it because He gives you strength to do that. Praise the Lord. We looked at the word true as we just got done talking. We looked at the word honest. And now we're ready to move to the word just. Just. Whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just. Whatsoever things are just. What comes to mind when you see or hear the word just? We use it in a very different way in our American vocabulary now, don't we? But it's part of character. What is it? Upright. Upright. Good. Fair. Fair. Mm -hmm. Justice and... Yes, it is. And the word justice, the root word is just. Just. No Webster has a lot of things to say about it, and we're going to look at maybe some of those definitions, but I thought it might be good for us to start out in Romans chapter 2, verse number 11 through 13, verse number, or Romans chapter 2. Romans chapter 2, verse 11 through 13, he says, For there is no respect of persons with God. Think about that. There is no respect of persons. In other words, God has no regard for a person's background. He doesn't play favorites. He goes on to say here, he says, For as many as have sinned without law shall also perish without law. And as many as have sinned in the law shall be judged by the law. Now let's look here at verse number 13 because he says, For not the hearers of the law are just before God, but the doers of the law shall be justified. Not the hearers of the law, but the doers of the law. And that's probably about there's, our, there's some other verses here that we'll look at, but that's probably in the um, shortest, smallest text in the Scriptures. That's about the quickest simplicity of uh, Scripture that points us to the truth of what it means to be just. So a just person is not just somebody that hears the law, not somebody who's just well-versed in the law, not somebody who's just, um, they've been taught, what it is, not even somebody who even knows it well enough to teach it to other people. seems to be that the Lord points out in His Word that there's going to be people who did many mighty works. They cast out devils. They did many things. They even taught. But He's going to say, I never knew you. The ones who do it, the ones who act upon it, kind of like the secret to the seed growing and producing much harvest in Luke chapter 8 was the good ground that when they heard it, they did it. Amen. That's the secret for a lot of things spiritually is when you get the light to walk in it right away. And he says, For not the hearers of the law are just before God, but the doers of the law shall be justified. Shall be justified. People who do that, people who walk in all the light. Do you have any thoughts? That's right. That's good. That's good. Say the difference between it's not original with me, it's not my statement. I don't remember who, who it was that said it, but said uh, the difference between knowledge and wisdom is knowledge is knowing what you should do, and wisdom is doing it. Or wisdom is the proper application of knowledge. And here a person can hear the law. They can be taught the law. They can sit under good preaching. They can be raised in a good heritage. But it's the people who do it. The people who obey it. And it, we could say obey it. It is the law. 
but rather it's obeying God. God has set the law, and those who obey God shall be just before Him. He's the judge, and uh, how would you like it if you were to take a test uh, and the teacher told you ahead of time, the person who's going to take the the person who's going to administer the test would tell you ahead of time, hey, here are the questions that are going to be on the test. And actually, we'll go one further and say, here are the answers of what's going to be on the test. That's essentially what the Lord has done. He's given us in His Word the instructions, the roadmap, the laws, the commandments, that we could follow them and walk in obedience. And so at the end of life, when we stand before Him, will be just because we walked in all the commandments we obeyed him and so to be just is to be a doer of the law let's turn to matthew chapter 1 verse 18 and 19 we're getting a little bit ahead of things it's not really christmas time but i want us to look at the christmas story matthew chapter 1 Matthew chapter 1, looking at verses 18 and 19. The writer says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise, when as his mother Mary was a spouse to Joseph, before they came together he was found with child, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being what kind of man? He was a just man, not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privily or privately. Here God is using two people, or particularly this person, Joseph, who was a just man. God uses just people. God uses people who obey Him, people who walk in the light, people who keep His commandments. And let's turn over to Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1, also part of the Christmas story. And it doesn't actually uh, use the word just here, but it points out the same thing. I thought it would be good for us to look at. Luke chapter 1, verses 5 and 6. It says... There was in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, a certain priest named Zacharias of the course of Abiah, and his wife was of the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord blameless. That word just it also be interpreted blameless and righteous before God. Not before man, not before the mirror, not before yourself, not before your pastor. It doesn't mean that you would be able to sit under uh, some sort of a... Um, well, they put people on the lie detector when they're investigating. An investigator would sit you down in the interrogation room or interview room, and they'd have the microphones and the video camera set up, and they would ask you, they'd go through questions, and if somebody would sit you down, go through the whole scriptures and see if there's every, anything in there that you're being disobedient to, and you're found to be just, found to be righteous, found to be walking in all the light that God has given to you. These two people, again, used in the Christmas story as we know it, Zachariah, and Elizabeth. You say, well, you can't really walk in all the light God gives to you. Some people would say that. Some people would say, well, you know, nobody, there's no such thing as a just person. There's no such thing as a righteous person. We're all wicked. We're all wretched sinners. We can't walk and we can't obey all the commandments. One person told me, he said, you know, the Lord has just given us the commandments so that we can know how, fall, how short we fall from the commandments. Well, that's, that's the first part of it. You got the first part right. So you know that you need His help to obey the commandments. But here were two people, just like Joseph. They were blameless before the Lord. It's one thing to be blameless before other people. There's been some secretive sinners down through the Scriptures and down through even church history 
that could stand before people and they would be blameless before people. But there's a different story come time on Judgment Day. God is interested in having people who are blameless before Him now. Amen. Walking in all the light, all the commandments. So they walk in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord blameless. says they were both righteous before God and blameless before the Lord. Beautiful. Any other thoughts? And that's something. And it's right before God. When I think of the word righteous, I think of right before God. Righteous, just, amen. Let's look at another person in the Christmas story who was also just. There in Luke, flip forward a chapter to chapter 2, verse 25 and 26. There's another man that God worked through, God used. Luke chapter 2, verse 25 and 26. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem. This is the context here is, is um, well, we'll read it here and then we'll get to the context. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simon, and the same man was just and devout. Note those two words together, just and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Ghost was upon him, and it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. You know that when Mary and Joseph were taking Jesus to the temple to dedicate him to the Lord, there was a man there at that temple, Simon, who was obedient to the Lord's commands. He was walking just like uh, Zechariah and Elizabeth, just like Joseph and Mary. He, he too was walking in the Lord's commandments. He was just and he was devout. He was serious. If you're going to be just, you're going to have to be devout about it. You're going to have to be diligent about it, if you will. And the Lord, the Holy Spirit specifically, revealed something to him and revealed that he was not going to see death. In other words, revealed that the Christ, the Messiah, was going to come in his lifetime. Wouldn't that be exciting? Everybody kind of wonders if the Lord is going to return the second time, if we're going to experience the rapture. My grandpa used to say he wasn't so interested in the undertaker, but he was going to cheat the undertaker with the upper taker. He wanted to be going with the upper taker. <laughs> That's a good thought. Didn't come to pass, but many people have wanted to be and wondered and uh, Simeon, there's no exception to that, wondered if the Messiah would come in his lifetime and he was close to the Lord, and the Lord revealed that to him. The Holy Spirit was upon him, and the Holy Spirit revealed that to him. And then when Jesus, as a little uh, infant, is brought in, the Holy Spirit says, there's the one. Wouldn't that be something? But he's a just man, and he's a devout man. He was walking in obedience to the Lord. Another man who was just and devout, and a man who got a revelation. Any other thoughts? Got a couple other passages here I'd like to look at. Genesis chapter 6. Genesis chapter 6. A man that was used by God in a unique a very special, very exceptional way was a man who was just. Genesis chapter 6, verses 8 and 9. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. He found grace. In the eyes of the Lord. These are the generations of Noah. Noah was a just man. And perfect in his generations. And Noah walked with God. Little one, two sentence there. But the greatest testimony. That the Lord or any person could say about 
a saint. He found grace in the eyes of the Lord. He was a just man and he was perfect in his generations. Without getting in too much to the story of Noah, just think for a moment of what kind of generation that he lived in. Some people say, well, it's hard to live holy in such a corrupt world. The scripture points out that the generations and the world and society is going to be similar to what was on the day of Noah and the day of Sodom and Gomorrah. And it gives some specific descriptions about some of the things that happened. Some people would say in 2020, you can't live holy. You can't stay pure. You can't stay spotless in such a corrupt world. I remember Marshall Smart, he said, if the Lord can create a little fishing worm, a little earthworm, to wiggle around all its life in the mud and then pop up and be just shiny clean, he said he can make a Christian stay holy in a corrupt world <laughs> if you just do it his way. Amen. And Noah was a just man. He was perfect in his generation, a wicked, a perverse generation, a, a generation that grieved God moment by moment, and a generation whose thoughts were constantly evil, a generation who God was ready to wash his hands of and say, they're too far gone. They're not turning to me, and I'm going to have to wipe them out. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord and he was a just man in his generation. He was a perfect man in his generation. He walked with God in his generation, regardless of what the society may do around you and how far down it may crumble. You can walk with God. You can be perfect. You can be just. You can find grace in the eyes of the Lord. Any comments on that passage before we go to another one? Proverbs, Solomon had something to say about being just. Proverbs chapter 29, verse number 27. Proverbs 29, 27. Something we maybe don't think about, but a true statement here. Proverbs 29, 27. An unjust man is an abomination to the just, and he that is upright in the way is abomination to the wicked. We see that word used when it's talking about sins, the six or seven abominable sins. We're familiar with that passage and how those sins are abominable to the Lord. All sin is sin, and James says all unrighteousness is sin, but there are some certain sins that are abominable to the Lord. And we hear that word used in an abomination to the Lord, but here Solomon's saying that an unjust man is an abomination to the just, and the upright is an abomination to the wicked. In other words, they grieve each other. They're not working out the same purpose. I think... If we get to the point where we can be around wickedness, immorality, and sinfulness, and it doesn't grieve us, we need to spend more time in prayer with Him. We should always get to that point where sin makes us uncomfortable if we're holy, and holiness makes a sinner uncomfortable. Some people, they, they have people come to their church. A sinner would come to their church and the presence of God is not there. And so they feel like they have to do the job of making a sinner uncomfortable so that they'll be ready to get saved. But if God's presence, wherever God's presence is, will make a sinner uncomfortable, will make a rebel uncomfortable. And we have to be uncomfortable in our sin before we're ready to look for a Savior, don't we not? And that's the conviction of the Holy Spirit. And we're thankful for that. And here he says that, the, the unjust person, that they're an abomination to the just. And the upright person is an abomination to the, un, up, the unupright, if you will. Double negative, I guess. We shouldn't say that. The unupright. Abomination to the wicked, to the sinner. The sinner is an abomination to the saint. The saint is an abomination to the sinner. There's 
two polar opposites, if you will. You have, uh, it's like a magnet. It's got the North Pole and the South Pole. We used to have magnets that um, we would find once in a while. I don't know if they call them earth magnets or what, but they were really strong. We'd find them in some of the trucks that we would buy. And uh, we would play with them. We'd tease each other. We'd, my dad and I, I guess it is. And uh, dad would say, those are strong magnets. Be careful. We'd be playing around with them. And he said, but, you know, flip them around to the opposite side. And he said, the side that they resist each other. And he said, see if you're strong enough to push them together. And you get them close and you, you get... They didn't want to quite, they couldn't get them to touch. And, and I had one time I took, a, I think it was a clamp or a pair of pliers. And I said, I'm going to make these things touch each other. And I flipped them around to the side that they repel each other. And I clamped them in that particular magnet. When I got it right like that, it snapped. It actually cracked and broke. I thought that was something that was pretty strong. We had another magnet, or the same magnets. I think Dad was playing around with it and got it in between his fingers. And it's, it's clamped on to the edge of his fingers and drew blood. <laughs> And he used to always say, he said, be careful about those magnets. He said, they'll make you bleed. <laughs> those are the strong ones. <laughs> but there's a repelling, there's a detestfulness there between the righteous and the unrighteous, between the just and the unjust, between the holy and the unholy, between the wicked and the righteous. So we understand that being just is being right before God. It's being right according to God's standards. Any other thoughts? Noah Webster has a lot to say about the word just, and I'll read down through here. I won't read all the definitions, but some of the things that he says uh, is orderly. Uh, he says that it's um, proper. It's that pleaseth your lordship, in reference to the Lord. Um, complete, in, to, complete to the common standard. In other words, like you're measuring up. Uh, to the Lord's standard that He has for you. Uh, in a moral sense, upright, having principles, uh, conforming exactly to the laws. He also uses the word righteous, religious, Influenced by regard to the laws of God or living in exact conformity to the divine will. I like that one. Conform to rules of justice. Doing equal justice. The Bible talks about just balances, just weights. In Leviticus 19... Conform to truth, exact, proper, accurate, as just thoughts, just expressions, just images or representations, a just description, a just uh, inference, true, founded in truth, a fact, as a just charge or accusation, innocent, blameless, without guilt, Equitable, merited, as a just recompense or reward, true to promises, faithful, as just to one's word or engagements. Pretty good. I like the one that says, living in exact conformity to the divine will. Amen. It's pretty good. Being just, being obedient to God's law and God's set of standards. Flipping back to Philippians chapter 4. Whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. We looked at true, we looked at honest, we're looking at the word just, whatsoever things are just. That's the standard, my friend. That's the standard. That's the standard by which we'll be judged. 
That's the standard by which we must live. Any other thoughts before we close tonight? Yeah. That's true. That's good. Amen. Anybody else? Just means right before God. Right in God's eyes. Regardless of what other people may say, whether good or bad, regardless of what the devil may say, good or bad, he may accuse you. If you're just before God, you are just. That's all there is to it. <laughs> He's the judge. He's the only judge. Amen. Praise the Lord. Any other thoughts in closing? Going once, going twice, gone. Let's stand. <laughs> we love you, Lord, and thank you once again for your word, for the opportunity to open up your word and study. And thank you, Lord, that there are these different passages that we can go to for understanding. We thank you, Lord, that you've made us just according to your law and according to your commandments. You've justified us because we've walked in the light. We've been obedient to your voice. And Lord, help us to guard our minds from thoughts that would be unjust, thoughts that would be unholy, thoughts that would not measure up to your set of standards, thoughts that would not measure up to your divine will. Let us walk in all light that you give to us. Thank you once again for the encouraging time to be together. And we pray that you would be with those who would like to be here in this service and aren't able to, like Sister Sharon and Sister Vaughn and Sister Keisha. We pray, Lord, for those who would like to meet in a service like this but can't. And there's many names that we don't know. But we pray that you'd be with them. Be with us as we go about our way. Protect us and guard us, most of all, spiritually. We need you and your strength from day to day. We depend upon you. Be with us, and you're with your people, we pray. And to your glory, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.